0: ufo no hey welcome to ufo no i'm joined by my friend casey skinner what's up guys hey casey and uh my wonderful guest first time on the show hannah what's up how you doing i'm good i'm good how are you good thanks for coming in Uh, tell us about yourself a little bit
1: Oh, well, you know, I'm from Clarkston, Washington. I uh, I uh, do a lot of research on my own, and I'm uh, pretty invested in conspiracy theories in general. Yeah, Although I think that's kind of a ridiculous term. I agree. It was it was created uh, what during the JFK assassination? I think the CIA coined that term. Yeah, to discredit people.
0: Well, because we were the ones telling the truth in the beginning, and they didn't they didn't want that to be known conspiracy theorist was the term slapped on truth tellers to uh, discredit them so you are a what i like to uh, refer to as a day tripper or somebody who dabbles in psychedelics yeah i do dabble yes that is true we're going to talk about theories that involve psychedelics and being in touch with possible alien beings or at least beings from maybe a parallel universe But clearly, I would say extraterrestrial in nature, regardless of where they're from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that you could definitely um, have some encounters with alien beings. Uh, Well, what happens, I think, in my opinion, is that you take these substances and it alters your perception of reality, right? Yeah. But it also changes your frequency to an extent. And I think certain alien beings exist on certain frequencies. So, you know maybe maybe what's happening is you're you're vibrating at a certain level and you know you fill yourself with the right amount of love if you want to if you want to think about that like you know you're meditating under these substances which is generally what i do generally what i recommend people do although some people you know they go out and they they uh experience the world on these substances that's great too i'm not knocking that yeah but I think that if you, if you meditate and you go inside your mind, then you can experience a whole lot of things that you would not or normally be able to perceive um, about yourself and about the um, inner workings of the universe. See,
2: a lot of the times that I've, uh, anybody I've talked to that's had a you know, day-tripper in a sense... Um, they talk about how when they, they go out, it's like an, it's enhanced um, everything around them in a sense. But at the same time, they can uh, open up. They literally talk about almost going into another dimension in a sense. And they can actually see these different things that are going on around them. Whereas I, I, I haven't done it much myself. So uh, someone like you, Hannah, that's actually been able to experience it multiple times. It's so interesting. Um, I do meditate. And it's so it just the power alone and that, just the thought of being able to meditate with this added is just so crazy in the frequency you're talking about. I could totally see how that could Oh it's really it's amazing experience something totally different.
1: It's it's actually somewhat difficult to do in my opinion though, because you have to hold still, which is kind of difficult depending on what you're on. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but like if you if you're on L S D, you know, you have a lot of energy. So it's hard to just sit there and meditate in my opinion but it can be done you just have to kind of force yourself to do it in my experience
0: (laughs) so calm you have to uh you have to be able to control yourself more so on lsd than you would on
1: another type of trip yeah well yeah it depends on what you're taking you know what i mean because you take like a low dose of mushrooms you can just cruise in life everything's easy it's not it's not difficult for your mind to handle mentally like you you take like two grams of mushrooms you know you're just gonna feel pretty good you're gonna have like some patterns you know you're you're gonna feel good in your body but you're not really gonna you're not really gonna get your mind blown to the extent that you want to sometimes like with some of these other substances like okay DMT, for instance, you know, you take a very small amount of that and you're you're blasted. You're you're just you you're just like zero to one hundred real quick. So it depends on what you're on, and also um, with DMT, I'd like to mention that it, most people are taking ayahuasca. Um, well, not not most people, but a lot of people are taking ayahuasca and ayahuasca is a combination. Form, right? Yeah, ayahuasca is a the oral uh way to take dmt so a lot of people are taking that and they're taking it with other things and those other things are maois and those kind of calm your system down okay
2: that makes sense a lot of guys also talk about like uh how it's kind of a a, a battle with your ego when you're tripping in a sense so like a lot of these uh like bad trips or, or you know th- with quotes bad trips you know different difficult trips challenging trips compared to the more enjoyable you know flowy trips in a sense and they talk about how uh, it's their ego in a sense mm-hmm. and a lot of them kind of reframe that did you have any experience in that regard
1: <clears throat> oh yeah the ego is very hard to overcome I'm still working on that to this day when I'm not tripping.
2: Yeah. <laughs> when I'm same, sober, I'm yeah, same here.
1: I'm trying to overcome my ego. I was meditating earlier and I was just thinking about how I can quell the ego and just soothe it to the point where it it just it feels safe and it can just kind of slip into the background of my of my existence and not be at the forefront. Where, you know, the ego is like judging and it's, it wants to keep you safe. So maybe what what I should do and what, you know, this is just a theory, but maybe I should just accept that, you know, it wants to keep me safe. I just thank it. I thank it for what it does, and then I let it go.
2: That's a good way to put it for sure. That's a thinking. very good
0: way to put it. I'd never even thought about that, like catch and release fish.
2: Kind of like if you had, like, a, you know, a parent that they did their best, you know, you love them. But I mean, every parent, every parent, well, not every parent, but you know, you you want a parent that does their best, but they're always going to have something that they messed up on. You know, like, you know what? Thank you for what you did regardless. You know, you try your best in that way or, you know, brother, sibling, somebody you care about, kind of that same concept, but you treat your ego like a loved one rather than uh, something that's literally like, you know, judgy and that's all you've noticed from it or anything like
0: that. Yeah, 100%. You mentioned frequency and changing the frequency of your yes. mind. So there's people that have said that they've experienced insect-like creatures on DMT, light beings. So a lot of people are uh, maybe maybe not a custom creature to, to their brain pattern maybe, but possibly there is mm-hmm. a connection to what I guess would be the most accepting from us.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I can tell you a trip report of a guy that I knew who saw himself in the mirror while he was tripping on DMT and he morphed into a reptilian. Um Adam, I think he has a YouTube channel. Uh but anyway, so he's looking in the mirror and he is just like everything all of all of his face just morphs into a, like a reptilian and it kind of freaks him out and he he just like goes onto the floor and he's like crying or something, you know. Wow. Yeah. So pretty intense. That would be intense. (laughs) I I think you would have to prepare your, you know, that's
0: my biggest thing. Reason what keeps me from doing it is just that I don't trust my brain. I would, I would need some form of a guide, a tour through Mm -hmm. my own brain. Somebody that is proficient and, I guess, um, you know, able to guide somebody else. We've talked a lot about hypnotism, Casey, and how it's, it's, you know, it's a guided experience. And, Therefore, it's a it's a calm, collected, you know, controlled experience. And so that's what I feel like I would need to experience. something. But I, you know, that's what I would love to do is, look, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to see aliens and I really want to. So I keep thinking, well, maybe that's my in. You know, and I hear a lot of testimonials about it. it's very, you know, retrospective and that their lives are just dramatically changed afterwards, that they, it's like they gain the knowledge that they need specifically in their life that just fits it all together. I mean, a lot of people just ex- just describe a sense of knowledge that just really, like like Hannah, you, I mean, you you're very profound in how you explain all this, and to me, that's, that's part of the experience of psychedelics is it helps you find these frames of mind that
1: a lot of other people just don't have. Well, oh, I was like this already. I'm just oh, kidding. well, that's good. <laughs> I was born like this, <laughs> Right? The psychedelics just enhanced
0: it. Okay. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. I, it's just, uh, it's very interesting. And so I, I love the theories that tie into, you know, like we've talked about MKUltra and how they used LSD and psychedelics to open up what they perceive to be channels to you know, communicate with, with aliens and all that. And so if, if you look at what the government has done and is doing with mind-altering drugs or psychedelics, clearly there's something there. We even talked about, we did uh, an episode about Jack Parsons. And the occult in opening up doorways. And so really, the only difference between, I guess the several differences, but the biggest difference is between the occult side of it and the psychedelic side of it is the occult, you're really tapping into a dark energy, external dark energy to try and open up something. Whereas with psychedelics, you're really going retrospective, your own energy to produce a pathway or open up a doorway in your own mind. And so to me it's it's much less um aggressive I would say you know
2: I'd like to to do more research on like this the the science of what's actually going on in the brain cuz I know they're using it for uh you know the medical purposes as far as the psilocybin mushrooms and DMT and they're kind of looking at that aspect and uh knowing that it would be interesting to see if it even's just a Slight chemical changes, like most, but anything that we where all of our thoughts are just, you know, certain chemicals going off and then emotions. That's all it is. So it'd be curious if it was just some sort of a, uh, external, uh, chemical reaction that you get when you specifically have that, that you wouldn't necessarily have in just your, uh, the, the chemicals that you end your endo chemicals, the ones that your actual body is creating itself. With, with DMT specifically. Yeah. So I'm curious on if that's actually coming up with and uh, helping opening the doors or unlocking a frequency that does that specifically. Or if it's uh, like you were saying, it's uh, just a, a key in a sense. Yeah.
0: In my opinion, the MKUltra experiments and the side effects that came out of the, uh, that and the effects, simple effects of that, I believe you could easily describe as every alien abduction ever I mean, all the side effects include implanted memories. Well, I shouldn't say side effects. The effects of what they were doing led to implanted memories, alteration of DNA through memory regression. Uh, They even had this one where you could implant an idea, a very broad idea, almost like inception, and the mind would create the specific details around that. And so to think about each alien abduction seems so unique, but at the same time, so familiar. I mean that could easily be one simple idea that they just template to everybody, and then based on your own memories, your own experiences, and everything else, dictates all the specifics of that experience. Huh? Uh.
2: As far as hypnosis goes, you can absolutely do that. Mm, it's mm-hmm. not. It's honestly not. Uh, I mean, a skilled hypnotist can absolutely do that on a consistent basis. Now you add in all people.
0: Now you add in psychedelics into that. Oh, yeah. You know, now you
1: have, you know, a solid experience. I believe that's called uh, regression hypnosis, Mm. something like that. But uh, I've actually thought about doing that myself. Uh, Regression hypnosis and then um, seeing, not because I've been, I think I've been abducted, but just because. Just why not? I think it would be interesting to access, like, maybe past lives. Like, you go into a deep... Um, state of sleep and then you know they're asking you questions the therapist or I don't really know how it works because I've never done this but I know that there there's somebody asking c- you questions because I've, I've heard these recordings um, on YouTube of people doing this and uh, some of the answers are just really like wild um, and so I don't know it but here's the real question is what is being created in your head, is that from an external source? Was that, is it real or is it your brain making things up like your imagination? You know what I mean? Because I think there's a difference there.
0: Yeah. Well, and that that's, okay. So the biggest argument against abductions has always been, why the fuck would an alien species come down and probe your asshole? Why? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Why would they do that? I mean, we don't even have ass thermometers anymore. I mean, we don't even use ass thermometers except in infants, pretty much. And that's because they're too goddamn squirmy. So you're telling me that an alien race that can travel billions of miles at the speed of light, if not less, is just like, but now we got the finger. It's always the go to tool. <laughs> no. That's fine. No. So here's, here's what I believe. I have a hard time falling in line with any one thing, but I think they're all probable. All the theories of we being a seeded race of an ancient alien race, I, that has a lot of probability. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that on virtually every ancient civilization that has ever existed, you find evidence, absolute evidence of some type of alien influence. I mean, obviously, they tra- they're they going to call them gods. They didn't even know what alien fucking was. They had no concept of alien. If you come down in something that's magic, you're a fucking god. Yeah. It's straight up like that.
2: Don't they, I think they mentioned that in the Bible, too. Like the the son of or the daughter of Eve yeah. uh, is mated with man. Yeah. They specifically say that. They, so they separate the daughter of Eve mm-hmm. and man. Yeah. So it's just like there's certain things like that you can kind of read. Exactly. In sh- in, in, I mean, it's in, that's in the Holy Bible. Yep. Right there. <laughs> but yeah,
1: see, see, aliens seeding humanity. That's mm-hmm. an interesting concept, isn't it? Yeah. I think that maybe different um, breeds of aliens, alien creatures, um, kind of came together, and maybe Earth is like one big experiment, right? This is getting out there. I'm telling ta- the Oh, no,
0: no. You have no idea you, where we If been. you think about this,
1: Earth. <laughs> Earth has a lot of variety of people yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. So maybe like each each type of person, you know, each um, uh, race of people has been seeded by a particular alien race. Like I feel like in China, maybe um, the uh, reptilians were most popular because of all the dragon, oh, you know, dragon depictions and, yeah. and reptilian depictions over there. Yeah. I could just be talking out of my ass, but no, I. I it's mean just that's the theory. I, well, if you look, if you look at every ancient
0: civilization, including you know Chinese dynasties, like you just said, they're influenced by something. Well, how yeah. did they gain that influence? What what originally? I mean, yeah, you can go back to these dynasties, but it really doesn't explain why they chose those gods. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's something that I've always wondered. Is what, what's the originator of all these gods? And if you look at a, mm. a very simple premise, you know, in science and logical thinking, a lot of times the simplest answer is the correct one. So if you really want to uncomplicate things and just look at it as a draconian race that was the originators of everything else, that spawned all these other alien races through their seeding programs. What if they were the original, you know, crusaders of the galaxy that went forward and spread their seed, like we're talking about, like we're originators of that idea? Okay. Mm. And what if they already did that, and we're part of that? I mean, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of actually government officials that have said that we're a we're actually a part of a big galactic alliance. That is made up of what 50 something different alien races that are some are in alliance with others, um, and that Earth is like you just said, is kind of like the great social experiment mm-hmm. of all of it. If that's the case, now you have the also the theory that if you take the biblical stories, and, and almost every religion talks about a holy deity that cast out a son or a daughter or or some offspring to be on earth for a time. And then also the heaven and hell thing of Lucifer being cast down. Well, if you take that into literal terms of some ancient alien race coming down and leaving their reptilian offspring here to create a race on this planet, which is us. Now they're going to come back and pick up their offspring and do whatever mm. they want, you know, whatever. If that's the case, okay, so to tie into psychedelics, in Sumerian structures, there is a bag that's seen with most shaman. And they believe that it was psychedelics. And that's how they communicated with their gods. That could explain why we have such a disconnection with our, if you want to call it a higher power, Mm -hmm. is because we have forbidden psychedelics
1: oh yeah i totally re- agree with you to be honest i think that uh what there was an ancient drink called uh soma i believe oh soma yeah and and it, a lot of people speculate what was in soma but it was some sort of entheogen mix and so there, it was it was like the elixir of life and people took that and um, I think what what it was, is it was a psychedelic of some kind or a, a mixture of psychedelics. And so they take that and then they, they realize that humans are basically immortal. And so that's why they call it the, you know, the elixir, the fountain of youth, elixir of life, you know, whatever they call it. It's something like that.
0: Quantum entanglement. It's not even a theory anymore now. It's actual science fact now. It's particles are generated, interact, and share in the same space. You charge them, and when you separate these particles, it doesn't matter how far the distance you can communicate with these two particles. So, so, as
2: long as they're actually created in the same space. Correct.
0: So, they have to be created in the same space. So, what they're saying is they're saying that, you know, because they've also seen a lot of crystal worship throughout a lot of these ancient. Uh, civilizations you mm-hmm. know the fact that they had crystals everywhere and they worship them for mm-hmm. all these different reasons, healing properties and all kinds of things the crystal but, skull exactly crystal skull so what if the theory of this quantum entanglement is true and that's how they communicated and then also with using um, psychedelics could also put themselves in the physical space You know, I like these ideas I've talked to. I don't know if I've talked to you, Casey, about... Now, this is crazy, but I want to do this, is take the spirit box experiment and a Ouija board and put them all on video and audio, and that basically gives you four channels to, quote-unquote, the paranormal world. So I am all about, let's open up as many channels as possible to increase your... (laughs) chances of communicating right okay well in the ancient world if they took that literally if they took that and use psychedelics meditation crystals and spirituality which is wholehearted belief mm-hmm. you combine those are four channels of communication so you have the maximum potential to communicate with whoever the fuck you want now if you incorporate that into what, what we know now as as science which then would have been just magic of communicating with crystals, but it's science mm-hmm. so if you had a race that already knew that that had a let's say a hub, a crystal world, I don't know hmm. okay the the uh, uh, fortress of solitude <laughs> and it was like an operator board for all these other crystals around the universe. You could have, in theory, one dominant race, the gods to every civilization on every planet, all at the same time,
2: I guess you could you could, but uh it would also be tough just because they need sheer numbers, oh well, I to mean, be able to
0: well now we're getting way the out there <laughs> but but I just to me, this all seems fairly feasible mm-hmm. to say that. Look, I mean, if, if you can communicate with, with particles, from one particle to another, regardless of distance, and, Hannah, this has actually been done, they proved this theory by taking data and putting it into these particles, separating it by a 1,000 miles, and it instantaneously appeared a 1,000 miles away. Yeah. So they proved it. Mm-hmm. So if you can do that, like I was telling Mike, you can do that with anything. I mean, it's it's merely a step away from being able to figure out how to do that with anything. It's particles. We're all, everything is particles. Everything is energy. So if mm-hmm. you can harness that it, through communication, well, then now it's a matter of time before you deduce and break down the mathematics or whatever mm-hmm. that is required to send anything else. It's a matter of particles. It's just more particles. Do you know data is a certain amount of particles? Well, we're a certain amount of particles. So if you figure out how to move that many particles instantaneously, Mm -hmm. there you got it, teleportation, motherfuckers. (laughs) So I just think that you add in the psychedelics to this. Anecdotal evidence isn't necessarily valid unless it's validated by thousands of people. Mm -hmm. You have civilizations that have validated this. You have groups of people like yourself that are validating their experiences with communicating with clearly other things. The anecdotal evidence says, yeah, psychedelics tune us into something otherworldly, whether it's you know, an an alternate universe by frequency, whether it is another planet, another galaxy, who knows? But how either way, that's one form of communication. Now, what if we had the whole puzzle? What if we had the crystals, the psychedelics? the meditation that you were talking about perfect meditation with absolute solid 100 percent belief
2: it's kind of interesting like a good metaphor to think about it is your senses you know you have yeah. your senses yeah. so each of these things would be a different sense that you're unlocking in a sense in, in a sense <laughs> uh, but uh, you know like i go into that And another another thing that i heard about uh it must have been on a podcast or something. I just don't remember which one, but it was uh, talking about how mushrooms themselves could be alien. Oh, yeah. And, and mm. those themselves, they are a, a specific race that are, they're talking to us as we eat it. it yeah. Once we eat it or whatever that chemical is, you know, or whatever's going on, it's actually communicating with us specifically and, you know, and we're having this whole thing. So that could be a whole nother Maybe idea. that's,
1: maybe that's why mushrooms exist at all maybe mushrooms are extraterrestrial and they were dropped here or maybe a meteorite brought them in or something you know
2: yeah
1: that's an interesting thought
2: it's just crazy to think that 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 just because we don't look at plants like they have a consciousness or anything like that we don't necessarily know by that means you know like in a in a whatever our you know definition of consciousness is so it'd be interesting to note that uh that fungus in itself, but especially mm. mushrooms, they have a whole different. Their whole they're they're completely different than a lot of their plants in a lot of ways.
1: Mycelium um, it grows underneath forests sometimes, mm-hmm. and it connects the trees yeah, to each other. And so here's what I was thinking, one time when I was you know I was sober. Okay, <laughs> I was thinking this thought. And I was sober, probably, but uh okay. So you could you could literally plant some mushrooms in a forest that is does not have mushrooms and you could turn a forest into a magical forest (laughs) by creating an underground mycelium network where all the trees connect to each other you could literally take a boring normal forest and turn it very magical that would be super cool. Yeah. That would be super cool.
2: I know Paul Stamets talks about that actually, and he has. There's one in the Northwest. There's a huge. I think it's mycelium. It's just like, oh mass yeah. And it covers a huge, uh, a square footage or uh, anchorage, and it's just like a. It's just they, crazy the whole the concept of that.
1: They have unearthed some very huge masses of mushrooms. Yeah, and I just like mind-blowingly huge. I think it's very interesting.
0: I I love the idea that uh the concept that some of especially mushrooms that's that seems very valid that a lot of bacteria and fungus could definitely be otherworldly because of the fact that I mean we have things come out of space all the time that land on our planet especially back if you look at you know what appears to have been massive strikes on the moon at some point i mean look at all those craters clearly they didn't they weren't naturally formed by not being impacted you get the fact that the moon doesn't have an atmosphere maybe it did <laughs> but the fact that the moon doesn't have an atmosphere what's to keep things from just flying off of it you know at a high enough rate of speed it's going to break orbit and it's going to catch our orbit and therefore fall in. So yeah, if that's the case, you're, you're going to have some form of what what could have been, you know, if you if you perhaps the moon did have some kind of vegetation or mm-hmm. life on it. Maybe it was uh, mycelium. Maybe it was something similar to that, a network that at ground level was, let's say, in a closed loop. And because of all the impacts, I mean, what if it was the impacts from the dinosaurs <laughs> The, the, now, runoff, the, yeah. the runoff of that asteroid would have been so extreme that it hit the moon and destroyed the moon's atmosphere. Hmm. And what was a thriving mycelium civilization of those little alien creatures just <laughs> hanging out, it literally destroyed it and was thrust onto our... Hmm. Mm,
1: Very interesting. Moon. I think, I, no, I think the reason that mushrooms are here is probably because um, they sense that Humanity is in trouble. Oh, if they if people don't really get their shit together. <laughs> sorry for my language, but if, oh, how dare if you? Humanity in general does not like you know amp up their morals and their ethics. Then I think we're kind of we're in for some terrible times. Yeah, but um, who put the mushrooms here? That's the real question. Where did they come from?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: meteorite or maybe they they were intentionally put here. That'd right? be maybe rad. maybe some benevolent alien species uh, decided to drop off a few bombshells of mushrooms.
0: <laughs> like, why don't we have those gigantic canopy mushrooms?
1: That would be so rad. Just, just, all just live, live in, in a fungus? mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. Man, just I'd carve out that. the middle of it and yeah. live in it you know, like a little house. Yeah. Spongy, that's my Alice in Wonderland shit no right there. No more
0: stubbing your toe. <laughs> like, like, man, just, that'd be so rad. <laughs>
2: It's like I want to live in a Disney movie, you know why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: exactly.
1: You know that would be awesome. It
0: would be. I <laughs> mean, Let's be real. I mean, imagine your connection with the Earth if you lived. <laughs> If you lived in something that
1: also connected itself to the earth. Hang on guys, I got to hook myself up to the mycelium in the walls. The- <laughs> yeah, no shit. Let me let me get my uploads. Oh, no, imagine I'm going that. avatar in this. I'm at, yeah,
0: no shit. Oh my god, yeah, no kidding. We plug in here. Get James Cameron right, in watch here. We're going show. on a new going on a new journey. Avatar 14. <laughs>
1: no, that's a great movie.
0: Yeah, no. I love yeah, Avatar. Yeah, yeah. I love thinking about all the possibilities of how alien life could be here Mm -hmm. is here it's easy to go into the the dark side of alien theory and controversy talking about you know the alien experiments and all the evil things that have been done you know mostly by our own government keeping things hidden and down low and making it into a bad thing what if there is really a whole light-hearted side to this what if it is really that we have a protective species that is on this planet to keep the whole Earth connected to each other. And they're kind of like the Guardians. I think and they're just, both. And we they're, just think they're really good socks. They're
1: good aliens and bad aliens. Yeah, I think that there are some, probably some benevolent aliens up in the skies looking out for us. And I think that those aliens are probably in a higher frequency dimension. So... You know there are also bad aliens, and the well, okay, bad and good are human concepts, but yeah. let's be real here okay these alien some aliens don't have our best intentions at heart. Yeah. I think that maybe you know there are some lower frequency ones, and those are probably the ones that we can see or or interact with in a three d corporeal shell right and but the higher dimensional beings we can't really interact with unless we uh, take you know take psychedelics or, or re- we raise our vibration to match them. That's right? interesting.
2: That's an interesting theory right there too. Very much. Um, so. Another uh, a concept. I, I mean, I I kind of tend to be an idealist and an optimist in a lot of ways, but I also think that uh, at this point, if we've came across um, non benevolent uh, aliens at this point, if they wanted to. Take us out. They could have oh, yeah. done so. <laughs> so unless unless there's something that we're specifically getting them in that way, it's. Uh, I tend to think that we've actually, you know, there, there's been aliens around, but they've been much more benevolent because of the fact that we're still here. in that, if that makes any sense.
1: Have you ever listened to David Ike? Have uh, you ever listened to him talk?
2: Some of the stuff.
1: An interesting guy. Oh, thinks that uh, the the Illuminati is kind of controlled by the dark forces, i.e. the reptilian species. And some people... uh, Okay, so there are bloodlines, the royal bloodlines, and these people um, interbreed within their own lineage to, uh, you know, further their bloodline. They don't marry or um, you know, have babies outside of their lineage. And so... Basically, what it is, is these people are... Okay, this might sound strange, but... I I think, like that, I think yeah, that they could potentially us. be possessed by reptilian species. And that's how the reptilian species survives, is through um, certain bloodlines. And so, they're kind of controlling these people, and they're, they're kind of inside of them, right? And so, what's going on right now in society... Um, I think that maybe perhaps those particular dark forces may be at work and um, you know people just see other people they're not really they're not really thinking about that and they're, they're, they're very quick to dismiss that idea as crazy I mean it sounds it sounds kind of wild when I say it out loud but I think that uh, you know we should look at all angles of everything and who's who's really in control of the country you know what I mean? Yeah. The dark suits. Who who controls the dark suits? Yeah, that's the question. I was thinking about this earlier because it's like, you know, we we've we've got various people in positions of power, right? Are these people in positions of power? Are they controlled by something else? You know, or is it just their their own, you know, their own um, darkness inside of them that they haven't confronted? there's
0: something coming the Anaki are coming back or there is some kind of retribution coming for those that didn't I guess stick to the plan of these alien races that could be led by these government or could be in cahoots with these mm-hmm. governments and that if they don't get to a certain point with the human race by the time they come back then they don't get to be spared Mm-hmm. It, you know, if you could look at it that way, but that goes in with a whole thing of aliens wanting to enslave us. Dude, I, well, it I definitely sounds like
2: the Bible too. I well, mean, and, to be honest, it sounds like know, redemption. If you, you tie you, in, you didn't make it, man. If you tie <laughs> in,
0: if you tie in a lot of these, you know, ancient texts. Let's include the Bible in that, okay? If you if you include religion, a lot of these religious texts talk about the world ending in some form or another. And being reincarnated, in some form or another, and it all comes down to a return of something, right? So you have the return of Christ. Uh, it's of course the the big one. I I talk about Project Bluebeam a lot because I think the signs are there, which could be a holographic version of the second coming of Christ.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. Maybe everybody sees what they want to see, you know, at the end times, that's what they're going to project exactly. for each exactly. civilization. Yep. is they're just going to project, you know, everybody's favorite homecoming.
0: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes,
1: true. exactly.
2: That'd be the easiest way to get uh, it. It would be. Well, and,
0: and if you, you know, there have been, I mean, Warner Von Braun, I, I've talked about this numerous. I say this pretty much every episode, but, Warner Von Braun is the most famous person for having stated the fact that there were going to be four major false flags in which they would divert energy and funds to further technology, moving to a one world government and off planet. Mm. And he specifically mentioned communism, terrorism, global virus, and then alien invasion. Obviously, there's a lot of years in between all those things that have happened. Are the things that we've experienced, are those really the false flags that were mentioned? Mm-hmm. It seems pretty coincidental
1: if they're not. Fake uh, alien invasion. Fake alien invasion. And then, invasions. okay, so they fake an alien invasion, and then they, you know, they, they, they also fake their own, um, you know, them being a hero. hmm so, Exactly. And then, then you're looking to the government to protect you. Yep. And you know it's all it's all it's all uh, special effects. Well, but basically they Hollywood. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's basically, Hollywood. the government wins against the supposed aliens, yep. and then now everybody, you know, it's for their own agenda. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, in our last episode, we talked about uh, the links between SpaceX, Space Force, NASA, and this thing called Starlink. Secret space program. Yeah, we it's not secret anymore. It, it is <laughs> legitimately <so> <laughs> it is legitimately the eighth branch of the military now. U.S. Space Force. Oh, wow. It's a thing. So, oh, yeah, actually- not only that, but SpaceX launched, as of July 30th, they or June 30th, they launched the most advanced GPS for the U.S. Space Force. So, it's official. SpaceX is working with Space Force and NASA. If you look at their his agenda, which I love Elon Musk, so that's probably my downfall. But if you look at what his agenda is, he wants to get to Mars. Okay, so that's moving off planet. And he also has this plan to release 62, at least 62,000 satellites to create what's called the Starlink constellation. Okay, it's a constellation that as what he claims a worldwide advanced internet. And I think that's a lot for just... Advanced internet. If you had a constellation of satellites, sixty-two thousand satellites, you could legitimately cover with that space. I'm sure cover the planet in some form of a grid, at least mm. you know to be able Polygrams to the sure, fact absolutely, grid. Like absolutely spread out over a certain, yep. Pa- yep.
2: Yeah, a certain area. I could yep. I could see it that way if it was yeah yeah. It makes sense. I think throwing in Neuralink honestly would have been smart too because. Mm. Even though he doesn't necessarily talk about it in that way, it's in a sense, it'd be constellations, but in the human mind. Well, you know, certainly. I mean, Neuralink. Over each, each human mind would be a star.
0: Neuralink is very interesting because if you look at what it's capable of, down to its fundamental basics, it's capable of repairing the brain, but then at its extreme, it's capable of creating telepathic, Communication, because he's saying you would have instant access to information and communication. You wouldn't have to use your hands. You think about talking to somebody, you're talking to somebody. You wouldn't need to use your mouth. So what? It, what? What's a common thing that people describe in alien abductions? Somebody was talking to me, but mm. their mouths weren't moving. Mm. Okay, so what if they have certain, simply found a way to externalize Neuralink, to Bluetooth it into your brain? What if, they've, what, if, what if they have absolutely found a way to not only have Neuralink to where you can communicate with somebody else with Neuralink, but what if you can change the frequency in which you're broadcasting with Neuralink to match a brain's frequency?
1: i think people have to be very careful with how far they go with technology oh yeah because te- technology almost hijacks the human abilities don't you think yeah, when it you i agree 100 percent. certainly can. when you when you don't use your brain for math you're using your phone for a calculator mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you're kind of that's that's a simplistic um you know idea but i think that uh People you know they could lose a lot to technology if they're not careful yeah. does does AI really have our best interests in mind? Exactly. You know, it could make our lives easier or it could make our lives very hard, yeah or it, it could just take away from our abilities because you know there, there's the idea of like cyborgs and people having implants, and you know I think that's a very cool thing i don't I wouldn't mind like a cyborg arm myself to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> But it's like, do I, what, what parts of myself am I really willing to give up for technology? Like, maybe maybe I want to be as real as possible. Uh, by the way, so what you're going to do is wait for this to vibrate,
0: and it's going to tell you when it's on. And then as soon as it vibrates, just start token. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? I thoroughly enjoy it. Oh, I love vapes. I love your talking about ego. You know, the fact that you mentioned ego. That's a big thing. Somebody that can guide someone appropriately, somebody that doesn't have any bias towards what your results are going to be, somebody that can say, "Well, look, it's it's not about what I want for you. It's about that I'm here as an anchor mm. to let you experience what you need to experience." Shamans, as that. Yeah. Yes.
1: yeah, you know, shamans or yeah. whatever. But on on the subject of guides, though, yeah, um, there's also a plant guide when you take certain psychedelics. So you take them and you'll see, uh, you know, Mother Ayahuasca, and she's kind of like a guiding spirit. And so you're not totally lost when you take these. Sometimes things get really dark when you're in deep, and so Mother Ayahuasca will show up and kind of guide you out of that and show you the path to healing almost, Wow, that makes sense. Yeah, that's really cool. That is cool. He was mentioning, you know, that he would
0: like to try these things. Me and him kind of think the same way. as like it's it, a little nervous to do it on our own, you know. Like, like for me, you know, I I just don't trust my own brain, so I would absolutely want and need somebody there to. I to just guide know my you. ego mm-hmm. in
2: a sense, and it like, I would be up for the mushroom. I would be up to do it regardless, but um, I just know that it, at least have some sort of ego check quite a bit which would be needed honestly yeah. you know
1: well it's not always harsh don't get me wrong you can have very fun trips too i think that you know there's not it's not without its um positive aspects and just that you can enjoy it you know it's a, it's it's people are kind of scared of it because they think that um it will be too much for them but i think it's it's kind of important for some people to take them. I don't think that it's that everybody should just take psychedelics. I think that it's it's a huge thing. It's it's um you know, it's no small thing. People should be very careful with them. I don't I don't recommend you just dabble with large amounts and expect to be perfectly sane afterwards. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, well, there's there's even evidence of, you know, back in the MK Ultra experiments of people absolutely losing their minds, you know, because
1: mm. they were given massive doses, massive doses. The government has done a lot of uh, experiments with DMT. Actually, I believe I don't remember when they were doing that, but they were definitely doing some secret projects with DMT and LSD. Well, also. that's MK Ultra. Yeah, they were using LSD for um, a, a way to. Um, get the truth out of people. Yep, truth right? serum. Yep. Yeah, it's the truth serum. Exactly. And so, yeah, but that would that would be a horrible experience, wouldn't yeah. it? They would probably lock you in like a a cement room and and give you a huge dose of LSD and try to get the truth from you. You know, the that worst wouldn't part, be a very fun trip at all.
0: No, the worst part was is a lot of these people didn't even know they were being given psychedelics. A lot of these were were college students. I do believe that they were under the impression they were they were doing some form of gr- drug therapy, but not psychedelics. Yeah, that's definitely not cool. You, know, you should and, never... Yeah, they were brought into labs and they were given huge doses and then they were being asked, what do you see? What do you see? There's evidence of a number of things that they were trying to accomplish, uh, such as super soldiers to enhance DNA, enhance mm-hmm. abilities, then to enhanced cognitive abilities such as telekinesis, you know, um, telekinetics, all those things. And they were using mind-altering drugs without any science-based research to unlock capabilities in the mind, where at the same time, they were in some cases just unraveling the mind, just absolutely unraveling the mind. Like you said, that's the dangerous part is you really got to kind of know... Like dosing is a is a big important factor in that you got to know dosing, and that's another reason why so, a guide is important. Tying back into these alien experiences, if you look at abductions as simple, like I, I was saying earlier, the the simplest answer, you know, if you take what's happening now with Starlink, what's happening with Space Force, you look at an alien invasion. Now let's look at an alien invasion. We've been fed pretty much two basic shapes of UFOs, which is saucer and triangular, right? Those are the two most common, Mm -hmm. saucer and triangular. Every once in a while, somebody sees a rectangle Lego or something. (laughs) But for the most part, it's big triangles and saucers. Now, you take that. You absolutely have evidence that the Air Force has, has built flying saucers. They built them. Not only have they recovered them, but they've built them that little saucer deal and it had the hover basically was like um, a big drone that you could pilot and it was a saucer it was a saucer shaped so clearly we have that down and we have the triangular shape if ships come down that are ours from space force that now come into the atmosphere that are big enough to mine the moon how the fuck are we gonna know they're ours how are we gonna know At that point, they could easily, easily stage an alien invasion using their own ships. Because we're not going to know the difference between a a mining ship and a spaceship at all. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what their spaceships out there look like now. You know, billions of dollars go into black budget projects. Mm. You're telling me, this is the other thing, Trump announced that they're going to start mining the moon. (laughs) You know for a fact that when the government actually announces something... They've been doing it for decades. That's mm-hmm. already okay? been happening. The fact that they acknowledged the UFO sightings from back in 2004, they just now, those are the ones that were released to the public back in 2004.
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: So you, you, 16 years later. So yeah, if you spend 16 years dumping billions of dollars into spaceships, nobody's going to know what the hell those look like. Nobody. <laughs> So there you go, staged alien invasion. Okay, so now you take the MKUltra experiments that have now been fine-tuned and pinpointed to just implant a memory the way they want and then have it manifest itself during regressive therapy, during unlocked memories. I mean, people have discovered memories in their dreams that wake up and they're like, I thought I remembered something. So you could, you could do all of that, so, and not to mention the physical ones. Let's talk about the physical abductions. Uh, there's the movie Fire in the Sky, where the guy claims that he was abducted by a UFO from a beam of light. Okay, so let's take those physical ones. You think a tractor beam is out of the government's scope of ability? Fuck no. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. A spotlight and a tractor beam? yeah.
1: They can pick you up for sure. Yeah, they probably sure. they probably have so much technology yeah. that is not released to the public, no, no. or that that they claim is a, a new discovery. But exactly, they've actually been working yeah. on that for so like a long time. You
0: take the memory manipulation, the mind altering drugs that they experimented with, and you take that to conclusion. Okay, so why would they experiment with drugs to eventually be able to control your brain, including memories and everything else? Why would they create technology? That flashes light on the ground and is a distractionary tool to captivate attention and then abduct you to implant this memory. Uh, well, they, they could do that. Absolutely. Why wouldn't they? Control, okay? Physical control and fear. I mean, you give somebody an experience like that, most of the time they become reclusive. So you take somebody who has thoughts who's now possibly let's let's say they let's dabble a little bit let's speculate and say they have some type of technology that can kind of see where somebody's headed or let's just go real crazy and say that they already can travel in time and that they already know who's doing what and when and where and so these are things that are put into place to keep them from doing what they were going to do I mean there's misinformation Agents, disinformation agents that go out and in, they, they literally plant information into people. They tell people, yes, you're on the right track, but here's, I'm going to tell you even more. And they feed them a bunch of bullshit. Now, I want to believe in aliens, but I think it's much more likely to me to believe that it's us that from the future. I mean, archaeologists, look at archaeologists. What do they do? They study ancient bones. Well, what if you could go one step further and actually go back in time and observe that time period, the dinosaurs, ancient Greece, the Romans, in all their natural splendor, doing what they actually did, not based off a textbook or what some goofy, fat-ass scientist decided in a lab, but actually got to go back and observe it and feel the emotion and the energy of an ancient place. You're telling me you wouldn't? You would. So now if you have the technology to travel in time – and the, now you go forward a 1,000 years, it's us coming back to view us. Why wouldn't you fuck with us? Why would you just observe? And why haven't they crashed lately? This whole neural link thing, not having to talk to each other, like I said, the alien abduction theories, almost every single one of them, they're implanting words into your brain. It's like your voice talking to you in your own head. Holy shit, man.
1: I think DARPA's worked on DARPA. a project like that where they can implant... Uh, voices in your head It's called like Sound of God Technology DARPA
0: has actually Boy,
1: Voice of God Sorry
0: DARPA has found ways To regenerate limbs On For super soldier programs
2: Holy shit That's fucking crazy
0: <laughs> The last 50 years The leap of Well I guess now 70 years Take the leap of Technology that's happened You take that Another 100 years That technology Is unrecognizable From magic Unrecognizable Absolutely mm-hmm. I've heard this said a thousand times. You take a smartphone back to George Washington or to Salem during the witch trials.
1: Dude. Okay, think about this, though. <laughs> the, there are different types of aliens, right? Yeah. So there's the greys. Yeah. You, are you, are you oh, familiar yeah. with the oh, greys? Sure. The greys are, maybe the greys are us from the future. Maybe the greys are the ones in the in the flying saucers. Yeah. right that would make that would make sense though yeah the you know because they they maybe they're just like the evolved time traveling version yep. of us yep. and they kind of co- go back in time to you know analyze big events that happen in society right yep. well there's uh they they have
0: officially been able to hybrid skin with Some type of other material To make Synthetic skin that is really Really strong That is wild. Okay so now you take that one step further And you take The fact that you don't have to communicate with your mouths Anymore the fact (laughs) that you spend The majority of your time in zero gravity So therefore you don't need bone density Humans naturally Start evolving into a smaller stature Because you don't need as big of a bone Structure you still use your brain a lot Mm -hmm. So that never shrinks now you you have, you have straight up the aliens, exactly how they're described. What if we went back and we met with Eisenhower? We were the ones that said, look, here's what's going down. It's us. So we're going to need you to make sure certain things happen. We're going to need to make sure that you throw the human race off the trail by making it out like it's aliens from an alien race, but it's us and we need to continue this technology because like me and Mike have talked about this, what better way to advance your own civilization than to go back in time and to drop off technology at periods of time where they can start to actually utilize it, okay? So if you look prior to 1930s, we, we were in combustion engines. We, we still had no concept of anything else. We had just moved out of steam. So we were not ready for nuclear. We were not ready for rockets. We weren't ready yet. So just at the right time in the 30s, they contact Hitler. And all of a sudden, they give him technology because guess what? He was the most formidable force in the world at that time. So if you have a warring race that wants to find the dominant alpha race on a planet and you have the Germans who are rampaging and they already had technology well above everybody else, you're going to give it to them. To me, the simplest answer for me is instead of an alien race traveling billions of miles to get in touch with us, to simply observe it makes a lot more sense that just as we do now, we are curious about our ancestry. We're curious about who we are and where we come from. Why would that ever stop? Why would, why would that ever stop? You're never going to be able to actually observe an ancient race unless you can do time travel. So if you can, I mean, dude, I know I would. I absolutely would. If, if you're just told, okay, here's, I mean, there's a story way back. It was a radio play. That was people travel back in time to the dinosaur. This is actually part of the butterfly effect Um, that they travel back in time to the time of the dinosaurs. And these scientists had built a path and they had specially scientifically studied this direct path to make sure that nothing destroyed in this path had any relevance in the future. So therefore you could walk on this one path and not destroy anything that was meant to live. Right. So you didn't impact the future. One guy stepped on a butterfly or some type of insect that he wasn't supposed to by walking off the trail and they come back and the entire world is different. An easy way to make sure that doesn't happen is from the air. You do not. I mean, the prime directive for Star Trek do not interfere. They observed the fuck out of civilizations. You know, they did. They were voyeurism as shit. But they didn't interact. So what if they're doing the same thing? What if I mean, on a galactic level, you can understand why that would be mm-hmm. important to not disturb uh, a species because uh, it would it would uh, affect the natural progression. Mm-hmm. But nothing's natural about the progression that's happened in the last hundred years. Maybe there was a bunch of douchebags, like Mike likes to say. You know, maybe there was some kids that from this class they came back. You know, the teachers were like, okay, guys, don't mess with anything. And these kids were like, fuck that, man. We're going to go down. We're going to fucking torture some cows. And we're going to fuck with this guy, put our fingers in his butt. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Roswell, because they crashed. and They, were dumb.
2: <laughs> they just want to put the fingers in the
0: butt. I, I mean, it seems to be a going trend amongst aliens, man.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I didn't. I, didn't I'm not bubble. the one that decided
0: anal probing. We even talked about, (laughs) in a previous episode, we talked about, Mike coined it, brain queef ghost theory. (laughs) I said, well, you know where ghosts come from? It's from improper angle when they do the anal probe. It creates an air bubble that travels to your brain and rests in the frontal lobe. And bink, you see ghosts. (laughs) No? No? No, You don't? No? No? I think there are so many possibilities. I mean, look, if you, I think it's funny how people that believe in a, in a deity, one deity created everything. It blows my mind how people that believe that also can't believe that there's an alternate theory. Mm-hmm. To me, that's outrageous to think that there's one deity out there
1: that's like, I love you all. Mazel tov. You know, Go I mean, about, do you. Not to be an asshole, no, but go. I feel like religion kind of closes your mind a little bit mm. to other possibilities. Just because you're you're you only have one source of information. Mm. I'm not I'm not dissing religion. I'm just saying from my personal observations, that seems to be the way that it goes. Yeah. And so people are quick to reject things that are outside of their their uh you know, their source of information, their main source that they believe is is the correct source.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I agree I, I think if you're open To the possibility that all things Are plausible it, At least that way you can observe the evidence From an unbiased opinion Is what I think you know if, if you take it that way if you, if you say well look all things are possible So let's look at The facts The facts are there does Seem to be alien Interaction on some level From astronauts Observations in space to what we've seen of what appears to be craft to evident government cover-ups of, if nothing else, reverse engineering. At the least, they have come up with scientific theory that are they are unwilling to release to the public that has allowed them to create technology that's well above. So if they have not been influenced by aliens, then these motherfuckers are smart enough to have already come up with a scientific fact to have created this technology that we consider so advanced, it could have only been alien. So perhaps what we thought was a, a dull period in the 1930s, twenties and thirties was really a booming period for science because maybe they made it a lot further than we could possibly imagine. They've opened up all kinds of portals and, and things that we, we can't even imagine. I mean, there's, there's so many weird testimonials that come out of whistleblower government officials that talk about, Oh yeah, there's not only are there bases on the moon, we've been there for a long time and not only did, you know, Jack Parsons open up an occult portal, but he died. And so therefore couldn't close it, you know, like there's all these, cra- and these are coming from government officials that acknowledge this shit. They're saying, yeah, it happened.
2: So do you think that the mushrooms could have been a, a gift from, uh, our owns, our, our, our own, uh, Future selves.
0: Oh, dude, that'd mm. be so rad. Why wouldn't you? I
2: don't know. Like, here's the single. I, I mean, it,
0: I mean, imagine, imagine mycelium as a key that you drop to a race that says, "Here is your answer to everything. Now figure out how to use it." What if that's the real technology? What if nature? What if Earth? I mean, look at Earth's energy by itself. I mean, I am a firm believer in energy. I believe energy. If, if there is a God it is that of energy okay and I firmly believe that if there is a something to be learned that what, what if that's the ultimate technology is earth itself and that we have lost the meaning of it in externalized technology whereas I mean look at ancient ancient writings and stuff where they talk about magic talk about real energy real magic dark magic light magic. The ability, people's abilities to do things. They believed in that shit. So what if magic was just the harnessing of energy, natural energy? I mean, you could talk about, you know, maybe it's um, the, you know, the whole airbender thing, the element steel, you know, and like, but really it's just harnessing energy. Simple as that.
2: Well, it's kind of like we've talked about how uh, our brains, we don't really look into that specifically Mm -hmm. we don't know how to run our own brains but we want to do neuralink. so it's interesting we don't even understand the technology that we literally have inside of us like how do we intuitively know that it's a heart or a mind or a gut thing you know what i mean like how do we know these things we don't understand those things so it's interesting to think that uh that we're already looking out outward for that and uh and just going along with that same energy aspect is it, what if we really focused in on our own energy that we, we specifically create, you know, the electricity that we create, the, the energy that we have in our heart or our mind to use it to a much fuller potential um, and utilizing uh, these uh, psychedelics to do so yep. rather than uh, having a huge lenience on uh, technology specifically. Uh, it's almost like the pill fix, you know. What I mean, like you have to. Have, uh, I'd rather do all this and just take this pill and be yeah. done with it, you know. And this fixes everything. But um, there's just more to be uh, learned, I guess, from our own technology that we we've evolved to have or were uh, experimented to have
1: on. I think that you could definitely unlock certain abilities with psychedelics. Probably, I think that maybe they would give you the ability to work with your own energy, like you were saying. And then, you know, you use that energy for psychic gifts. Yeah. Because that's... Well, okay, so there's this thing called a psi wheel, and it's basically just a pinwheel on top of a a toothpick, on top of a cork. I have one at home that I made. It's called a psi wheel, and you attempt to move it just using your mind. Ooh. So... You know, what I've been trying to do is use my energy to like circulate the air, sort of. Yeah. And I've been like somewhat successful. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm not gonna lie, me and my friend, we actually got it to move. Right on. So, you know, maybe that's the answer, maybe that's the key. I don't know.
2: Yeah. That's very interesting. That's really cool here.
1: No, but you you could probably unlock other psychic abilities too, because once you okay, so there's this thing called qigong and Tai Chi. And that literally is utilizing the energy in your body and moving it around in your body so that it, you know, it flows freely. And that's kind of like the basis of a martial arts where you're, you're moving the energy around in your body. You know what I mean? Like there, there, were, there were like some martial artists that could just basically just tap a person and the person just goes flying. Because they had built up, like, so much energy in their body and they just sent it through their hands, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, if you think about it like that, like, a lot of things are possible that I'm not currently practicing. But, you know, there are some people out there that are probably doing that right now. Yeah. <laughs> some well, monks or That's why <laughs> I, I think, you know, the combination
0: of channels, you know, once again, bringing it back to the channels used in ancient civilizations. The concept of wholehearted belief, which you could you could translate into religion, whatever, mixed with real particles charged together in crystals, with the the meditation, you know, the channeling of energy, just like you said, with did I already mention psychedelics? those things mixed together, you have the perfect storm for being able to accomplish long distance, if nothing else, long distance thought, mm-hmm. now, if you have a way through technology or, or energy or some means to harness that thought, that quantum entanglement theory that's you're, you're transporting data, which is actually more physical than thought. So, so
1: do you think telepathy is basically quantum entanglement to some extent? I do. I think just like we all are particles. If you have,
0: you know, you can take everything from the whole concept of like great minds think alike when two people have the same idea at the exact same time or when people finish each other's sentences or have the same dream or whatever. Uh, Twins being able to feel each other's emotions and shit like that. What if it is just a matter of the particles are charged the same way and that that creates that connection? So if if that's true... Everything that has particles, which is everything. If you can manipulate which way it's charged, so if you can have a way to charge particles, I mean, holy shit, man! You could weaponize that. You could you do all kinds of shit by simply learning how to charge particles a certain way. So, if what are you, the government? (laughs) Yeah. So basically, so what I'm saying is like, (laughs) if if I if I know how to, I mean, I don't even know if this is possible, but. If if in my brain, if if it's you take the idea that we are in full control over us, our bodies, then if you knew how to charge your brain a certain way to match your charge, then yeah, I could talk to you in your brain.
1: Maybe maybe just like spending time together with another person, right? Exactly, you're like a partner. Exactly. You know, you're always with them. Yes, people tend to sync up. It's maybe as that's simple as that. that's what I, I mean. I
2: don't
0: know. I that's why I think. To discredit this, I mean, it was one thing, you know, I mean, yeah, you hear about it, you know, worshiping crystals, talk to aliens. Well, of course, when you put it like that, you fucks, of course, it doesn't sound real. But if it's a simple matter of the particles are charged the exact same way in which they are relaying the exact same data to each other, then man, all things are possible. If that's the case, I mean, it's now it's. Like I said, everything's made up of particles. Everything's made up of energy, negative charge, positive charge. So now it's a matter of science
1: to get that to work. I think that quartz in particular can hold energies. Quartz, yeah. So you know, our data in general, like the crystal skull, the belief is that there's a, a monk soul. And when the monk died, he transferred his consciousness into the crystal skull. Which I thought was very fascinating. Wow. So it, and then you think about it, I think that there are some sci fi movies out there that, where they make um, discs that are basically oh, yeah. quartz. Yep. I, I don't remember what this is from, but I remember that I've seen it in, a, in some media somewhere. Yeah. So the, there's like these crystal discs and they're like quartz, right? And that's like the way to hold information is on the quartz. But I guess you'd have to be like kind of an advanced species like you'd have to have some advanced technology to even well, be able to read I mean, that right well, maybe I mean, that's the point <laughs> yeah but look at look at uh cds okay look His at cds, CDs. are kind of similar aren't look, they? At,
0: look at cds to a night uh, a 1900s individual how the fuck is it reading that it's it's a mirror that has data on it read by a laser like what the
1: fuck you just gotta have the right technology exactly to read it, see right? that's
0: really so that's That's why, to me, I don't discredit any of this because of the fact that, of course, what we can't possibly imagine or fathom is going to seem like magic, but to somebody who uses... I mean, microwaves, for fuck's sakes. You're telling me? You're telling me you talk to somebody in the 1870s and be like, yeah, so you put a half a steak into a door, punch in about, I don't know, two minutes... Was it you who was? And you got me? yourself a mail, and they're like, "What? Ah, what? You don't have to build a fire. What? You don't have to get the bed chamber. What?" Yeah, the nothing <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, it's gonna blow their fucking mind to think like, "Wait a minute, you don't have to go hunting. Wait a minute, you don't have to fi- have a fireplace. What the fuck is electricity?"
2: I mean, they'd still have to hunt. Because they'd have to have something to microwave. Don't break
0: it down too much, Casey.
2: <laughs>
0: no, but I'm just saying. Like, I mean, obviously, you would have to describe your entire civilization to even understand what a microwave is. So all I'm saying is, to somebody like, like, like the I, the smartphone thing is you you take a smartphone back to the 1800s, you're being executed for for witchcraft.
2: Period. it's like science fiction it's like that theory that science fiction uh, becomes science yeah and it's like really kind of ha- how much do you believe that it's either w- what that balance is you know what yeah. I mean like how much is it actually from our imagination yeah or how much is it put out there because it already exists you know what I mean like that aspect is there some there's got to be some sort of balance there or it's maybe it's all one you know what I mean maybe it's maybe it for some reason is all the the human side of us that we can come up with these really great ideas for science fiction and it co- becomes true because we can just make something that we can visually see, hear, feel, touch or smell, you know, taste. Yep. Um, but, uh, at the same time, it could literally just be, um, uh, you know, the government adding into certain things just to kind of keep us off the trail. Like, you yeah. know, slowly releasing the stuff like, Oh yeah, this is innovated, you know, and or, you know, this was, uh, invented here and you know, this was recent, all this yep. stuff, but it's been out for, Know since the 80s or yep. 90s or where, where, whatever it was, you know,
1: who knows? Yeah, so okay, so I have a story. Yes, one time I was tripping, yeah. this was on mushrooms, a pretty high dose, and there's this thing so called what's a pretty high dose for you, like five grams, okay, like a Terrence McKenna dose. That's that's <laughs> what he's always talking about, oh, okay, five five dried grams or whatever, yeah. like that. So, anyway, I'm tripping, and uh, um. I'm like pretty deep into it. I have this thing called a mindfold where it just blocks out all light. So, I'm I'm not looking at anything. I'm just looking inward. And there's this thing called the Akashic records. And the Akashic records are kind of a record of uh, it's just information that can be accessed by pretty much any individual um, given the right, you know, the right uh, circumstances and a person's mindset. So, um, I th- I believe that um, you can see your past lives like that. And I I think that you can see um, probably the, the real history of humanity, too. I haven't gotten too far into it just because it's a very intense place to be. It's kind of like a giant library. When I was tripping, I just saw, like, there there were a lot of different symbols and different languages and things that I didn't really understand. It kind of looked like Sanskrit or something. Oh, wow. And um, there was just a lot of writing on walls. And, like, this big gate, it, it opened up, and I, like, walked into this huge, like, library. And I, I was looking for m- my book, just about my my life and my past lives and everything. And so I found my book and I opened it up and I remember what symbols were on there and everything. It was just it was just wild and it it's like um you can kind of interpret what the symbols are a little bit just because uh, your soul kind of understands it kind of like oh, wow. you, you don't you don't fully comprehend it but like your soul absorbs it. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense to you in like a weird, like you know, in a weird way. I wonder if it would be like a Rorschach. But so anyway, so like, you uh, know what I mean, like an ink blot test. So, uh, yes, like everybody interprets <laughs> it differently. Yeah, I'd You know, say so. yeah, but so um, Tesla. I think Tesla was probably accessing the Akashic records. Oh yeah, not through entheogens per se, but just because he spent a lot of time alone and he meditated a lot, I believe. And, um, I think that's probably where he got like most of his information is probably just from the, like the information that is like in a different dimension or something, you know, it's kind of more difficult to access, Yeah. but can be accessed through certain means. You know, I think that that's a, uh, that's probably, you know, like, technology is probably hijacking that a little bit with, like, Neuralink. Because people, people run to technology all the time. It's, like, you know, the comforts of life. But, uh, you know, I think that people already have, like, some abilities. Like, people can probably be psychic on their own. They don't necessarily need technology like Neuralink. You know what I mean? Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I it think. could it could take away from your natural ability to sense, feel. I mean, what if, you know, the more you tap into, like you just said, the more you tap into technology, the more you kind of lose your sense of naturalness. So what if you need that sense of naturalness in order to have that connection? You know, like you could still experience a psychedelic trip, but you might not be able to communicate the way you can If without these things. So maybe, you know, it could be a simple matter of artificial things take take over our brain, the less connected we are to that outer plane. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how many psychedelics you take. Once you sever that connection, you sever that connection.
1: Yeah, you also don't want to completely rely on psychedelics either for all of your abilities, you know what I mean? Like maybe I think that they kind of show you the door and then you're supposed to walk through it on your own. You're not supposed to use psychedelics all the time to access realms and whatnot. There's like you take them and it shows you what you're capable of, right? And then there's like an integration period where you kind of try to do that on your own. And you, you don't, you, you, like, it's not a good idea to rely on entheogens all the time because then, you know, I think that people have the ability to do these things like on their own. They don't necessarily need to take substances to do these things, right? That's my the opinion. idea, you know, is what, what if you
0: had a shaman that was like the village doctor, that when you were sick, he gave you psychedelics, you know, that opened your mind up to your own pathway to wellness. I mean, it, you know, we could you could speculate as to what potential journeys were given through psychedelics back then. But if we naturally had more of a sense of self, everybody, because the average person, you didn't have distractions like you do now. You focused on a task. You know, <laughs> most people had to work on something. Whether it was their house, farm, job, career, politics, whatever it was, it was it was uh, it was a full commitment to that. And generally, you were born into it. You know, you didn't switch around. If you were born a peasant, you stayed a peasant. Mm-hmm. You know, if your father was a blacksmith, guess what? You were a fucking blacksmith. So you didn't you didn't have the option to bounce around and not. Become skilled in one thing you either did or you didn't survive so if you take that concept of wholehearted full body belief I believe in the power of
1: belief yeah maybe belief is the key right you it, gotta believe well, in yourself them. yeah but there's so much social programming in exactly. people's minds I think that people are told like from an early age that they can't do certain exactly. things like, you, you can't be psychic it's yeah. impossible people follow that route yeah and, you know, that's a, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. That's yeah. a very logical-sided, you know, thing to do. But, you know, there are two halves of a person's brain. So, yeah. you know, use the left and the right side. Maybe that's the key, too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. Like I said,
0: to me, I think the power of the energy the Earth has, the power of the energy we have means a lot more. And even though I make fun of the whole ghost thing, I really do, I have my own thoughts on the fact that ghosts might not be deceased. You know, perhaps, or maybe it is. Maybe it's just energy signatures left over. Or maybe it is. Maybe it really is people tapping into something. Maybe there's like this energy that... I don't know. I, I think about sometimes about this technology that w- what if you could pick a frequency of a time period. This is going way out. What if you take a frequency of a time period, let's say 1820s, and it was a frequency of that time period. I'm just spitballing. You could replay that energy signature that's not something we can see because obviously we're at a different frequency. But like you'd said... Certain brains, they're charged a certain way. So what if certain people, maybe it's not a alien probing brain queef, maybe it's residual frequency that we're tapping into that somebody else is watching, that they can see it whenever they want because they have the technology to tap into that frequency to replay it like a hologram. And every
1: once in a while, we see it. Is that version of... Um, reality overlaid over the top of ours? That's the question. Because, like, is there a higher dimension maybe with alien beings over the top of ours, kind of, like, layered on it, right?
0: Well, yeah, the multiverse, the multiverse theory. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a big thing is uh, that all energies or all universes exist simultaneously, but I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I mean, the experiment that they used to show the multiverse theory was they launched, I believe it was electrons. They launched electrons into a particle separator. And when the lights were on, it went through certain spaces. When the lights were off, it went through different spaces. So what they did is they turn the lights on sent the particles off and before it hit the pathway they turned the lights off and it still went through the one that it wasn't supposed to with the lights on or with the lights off now you're thinking with prisms okay. yeah <laughs> so that's how they explain that there's two separate universes you know one in this where it's dark and one in that where it's light so anyways it was very interesting but you're talking about one very one very very small set of an experiment there which is light and dark okay now you take space and time and experience and energies put out by us i mean imagine you know this concept of an angry ghost that now is like perpetually angry you know and poltergeist and all that shit um well what what if it's one step further what if yeah we are putting energy out into the world at a constant rate you know negative positive that has an effect on our surroundings, and therefore our past and our future. You know, so it changes the multiverse. Maybe it changes the tone of what we're doing. Clearly, our decisions do. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I just think like there's a, a subtle
1: lot. energetic influence. Yeah. I
0: mean, look if if you can step on a butterfly and affect the next 500 years, then what's to say that the entire energy of every human on this earth? is directly affecting the energy of the future in the past. Not just consequences and global warming, but I mean, legitimately, if it is a multiverse where time is in a constant loop, and so we're always re-experiencing, I mean, yeah, we're in a linear the way we perceive time, but what if time isn't really like that, and we're continuously living the same thing over and over and over again, well, that energy is going to dictate where mm-hmm. you
1: go. Repetitive yeah. emotions and movements and I don't know. I ac- mean, that's, that's going really, really deep. Yeah, no, but with, with ghosts, though, I think that's a that's a pretty good theory because uh, what's it called? It's when they're, they're like tape recorder ghosts and they, oh, they kind the, of like repeat the, uh, EMFs? The, the same movements that they did like during life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I used to be really into ghost shows. I'm not gonna lie to you Me too. Oh, I was the ghost hunters. Ghost oh, adventures. I was I was balls deep in ghost yeah. hunters. Yeah, no, I was, I was way into that stuff. And so, like, some sometimes these they they would think that these ghosts were kind of like you know doing the same things that they would be doing during life yeah. when they were alive. You know, I think exactly. it's an interesting thought. Yeah,
0: I just I think, like I said, I mean, you know, I I think we as humans love to give things fancy names because we want to sound smart, and so to sit there and call it. Oh, it's a uh, uh, what do they uh, uh, what do they call those? Uh, you know where you see where you see a physical being,
2: it's hallucination?
0: <laughs> yeah, that too. I don't know what it was called. A full body apparition. That's what oh. I'm thinking. Mm. You know, that's a really fancy term for I saw a mist that looked like a person. Okay, <laughs> orbs. Yeah,
2: we like our labels.
0: Man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, just imagine if you could send your consciousness into the future of the past. It's not even you physically. You could send your consciousness into the future or the past. What if we're seeing us at a different frequency, experiencing a different time period, and they had a glitch? Just like we experience lag in internet. I'm just going to give you a, a fictional situation. I've decided I want to see what 1920s America looks like. So I go back, I'm way in the future, and I go back in the 1920s as energy, my consciousness. It's not me, it's my consciousness. So now, like an avatar, I can pick whatever I want to look like, an orb, an apparition. I can be whatever I want to be. Maybe it's that we look like something in the past or the future, but like I said, the glitch makes us show up all of a sudden in the present as something, full-body apparition, mist, orb, whatever.
1: Who knows? Wasn't there a story about Native Americans and they were they were looking out to sea and a bunch of ships came in and they didn't understand what they were looking at? Yeah,
0: they saw clouds moving. Yeah, I was thinking That's about that story it.
1: recently. Yep. Yeah, but I, I forgot what the whole context of it was. But anyway, they didn't understand what they were yeah. perceiving because they had never seen it
0: before. They had never seen a ship with sails And so all they saw was what looked like a low sea level storm approaching and it was sails, white sails on the horizon. Because I mean, what do you have to reference? I mean, if you look at ancient texts, let's take the Bible, for instance, I love to use this story. I don't know. There's, there's, I don't remember the name of the, the person that was taken, but there's a few references in the Bible of people being taken physically into heaven without having died. And one of, one of them, I think his name was Ezekiel, or maybe it was Elijah. I can't remember. Um, not Elijah Woods. Uh, was taken in the Bible, they describe it as being taken by the finger of God, okay, up into the heavens. Now, you take that concept of thinking about how big a God is, thinking about what looks like a finger coming mm-hmm. down. What if he was taken by a UFO? What if he was taken by a tornado Ooh. and simply launched four <laughs> miles away? You know how long it took them to, you know, get four miles, and and why would they? Why would they look? I mean, most most civilizations and villages didn't wander because you were in possibly moving into somebody else's territory. You know, so what if he was simply there was a a, a random odd? I mean, storms happen. What if there was a a fluke tornado that simply touched down, whoop, picked up Elijah, threw him 14 miles, and they were like, "My God, the finger of God just came down and took Elijah."
1: He was clearly a saint. What you if, know? what if Moses was the first one to use tablets, but the tablets are like the Android tablets that we have these days? <laughs> yeah, and he was just a time traveler. Yeah, he's like, "I'm getting a download from the cloud.
0: <laughs> I'm going to show you in PDF form." Yeah. Oh man, there's so so many things that I find very interesting now that we have science and now that we discover things at an exponential rate. When you look at these stories, I mean, if you look at um, the Red Sea, okay, the parting of the Red Sea, during that time of year in which they traveled to the Red Sea, the Red Sea is at its lowest. So parting the Red Seas it possibly shrank to have a strip of land straight down the middle of it. There's all, I mean, there is, there's a lot of theories saying that the time of Noah, during the story of Noah, aside from the animals aspect of it, there seems to be massive flooding over the earth. Whether or not there was a guy in a boat, who knows? But there seems to be evidence, based on the fact that there's gigantic rocks placed in Oh, man, There's there's somewhere here in the Pacific Northwest there were these giant rocks that couldn't possibly be moved by
1: natural means. Have you ever heard of Easter Island? Oh, yes. The Easter Island heads. Oh, yeah. Those are those are really unique. They, yes. I, I think that they were carved by the people there, but they do look very extraterrestrial, yes, to be honest. Yes.
0: Very with much you. so. I don't know, by a giant alien civil race, a, a civilization that
1: those could have been giant paperweights. And then, to you the know, there was... Like, Here's a collection of our bobbleheads. In, in Ancient Aliens, they talk about um, advanced alien technology that can move yeah. big hunks of quartz. Yep. And so, you know, that's how, like, a lot of the civilizations were built, was yeah. through, uh, like, like maybe, like, a little gun or something that you could just, like, point at some rocks, and it just takes, like, a big hunk out of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe it only works with, like, certain materials or something. I don't know. But, uh Machu Picchu, I think that was a, a site that was built that way. Um, possibly, like, the pyramids, even. Yeah. I don't know. Well, those, they, those are, like, cube-shaped, too, when you yeah. think about it, like, the bricks are. Yeah. They're very huge. When well, they're huge, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot of, maybe not in the carving, you know, they've they started to look at the power of frequency. You know, we talk about energy. So, if you get a group of people, let's take 1,000 people, and you have them all focusing on a thought, which is moving these stones and everyone's got a specific stone that they have to move. If you focus on the energy, the frequency and then tones of voice, Mm. what if they were singing? What if they were chanting? What if they were exactly? Yeah. So what if being able to harness the sound coming out of your body Hmm. mixed with amplifiers that could have been anything from giant horn shaped things? I mean, it, it could have been anything. I mean, like I said, to me, I don't think it's it's crazy at all to think that ancient civilizations had more of a handle on natural energies that seem to us. Now, even though we love to think of ourselves as advanced, <laughs> we love to think of ourselves as others as primitive, but, but maybe they were so in tune with the natural energy and natural power of the earth and humans that we could do things that we can't possibly fathom now because we can't do it without the technology.
1: What if we have progressed to a very evolved state before, and that was Atlantis, right? And then the fall of Atlantis and all that happened. And we kind of like lost the technology. Maybe. Absolutely. It's a thought. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, you look at the fact that
0: almost every ancient civilization and site is matched with as a constellation and no two, Uh, I mean, they're they're all pointing. They're all points of energy. The ley lines. I mean, you Mm -hmm. you can possibly show that it could have been a coordinated event. Almost there.
1: There are like energy centers all around the world. Exactly. I know that there's one in Arizona. Yep. Uh, There's just like, and a lot of people relate those energy centers to chakras too. Yeah. That they're aligned with the human chakras. So you go to that point. And you can kind of be initiated into the healing of that chakra. I know that's kind of off topic, but. Oh, no, but it's, it's all back to energy. But this is the takeaway. Energy
0: is so much. I mean, you look at dark matter in space, you look at the energy, the natural energy of the earth. And if we hadn't, if we never started plugging away at the earth the way we do, perhaps our natural technology would have taken over as opposed to artificial technology. You know, who knows what the mind could have been capable of if we hadn't have externalized everything? You know, what if we had kept developing technology that was based on our own capabilities as opposed to a device? You know, and like you just said, Hannah, what if these ancient civilizations, that's exactly what they did? I mean, you don't need a fancy external phone to do something if you have the power to do it. You don't need a crane if you have the power of the mind and frequency. And natural earth, I mean, magnetics, I mean, if you knew all that stuff, me and Casey have talked about the fact that if you could understand the fundamental aspects of every molecule around every living thing and how to manipulate those molecules, it's absolutely possible that you could move things with your mind. If you absolutely know the relationship of everything and how to work that relationship, then anything's possible. Like I said, you break it down to molecules and particles, and you know how to manipulate that. To me, it, it doesn't take much technology at that point, you know, because now you're you're you are manipulating things at a fundamental level. Hannah, what's uh, what's your takeaway from all this?
1: Yeah, I can just tell you about my own personal experiences regarding trips where I've talked to aliens. Yes, yes. So one time I was with my friend uh, Seamus. I was at his house. And this was one of the first times I ever tried d m t we were trying to figure out how to actually take it because it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird substance so uh w- what we had was free base d m t and we didn't really know how to use it so we used a dab rig right and I accidentally took a really massive dose <laughs> and I did not know it at the time i I just took a spoon this is kind of this is kind of a crackhead thing took a spoon with some d m t on it and then dumped it into the into the uh Dab rig and then um, just held that in for as long as possible, because that's what you're supposed to do. And then I exhaled and uh, wandered over to the couch. I remember I was laughing ridiculously hard at nothing um, out on his balcony, and I was just looking around at nature, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. I forgot that wind had existed, and the <laughs> trees were, like, waving at me. And so, it, but it got deeper and deeper, and I I just sat down on his couch, and um, I saw symbols everywhere, like all over his walls, various like religious symbols, and then I remember that there was a voice that was talking to me telepathically, it seemed like it was telepathically, like it was in my head, but it wasn't me, and um, it said, uh, she's here to save us. And that's all it said. And I I asked the question back. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what am I supposed to save you from? And uh, it just didn't respond. But I, I knew that that wasn't my voice. I mean, granted, you know, it's the whole theory of like, is this real or is this, you know, all in your head? But it really felt real to me. It was a very, it's hard, it's a hard to explain experience, but yeah i felt like it was alien contact for sure um what is it terence mckenna or somebody like that talks about the dmt elves where you you go in really deep and you see these elves and they basically offer you a gift um that they've created with like their own minds or something like that Mm. and um they they they're basically telling you like do what we're doing like create i think that that's very important that's but the the DMT gnomes or the DMT elves that those are kind of uh, alien an alien species a little bit maybe i think that there probably a, there's probably a lot of different species that you could talk to depending on you know your intention yeah. These substances they work very strongly with intentions. So if you go in with an intention to talk to an extraterrestrial race, you might just have that experience, to be honest with you. That wasn't my ex- that wasn't my intention going in. I was just like trying to figure out the best way to smoke it. Yeah. So I was just like a wild card, but <laughs> that's the experience that happened. Yeah. And I thought it was very fascinating. I've never forgotten that experience because it was just very intense and very uh, just strange. It's hard to put into words exactly because you'd have to be there and experience it to really get it. But you, you, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I
0: want to say I'm not condoning anyone to just go out and, pick up anything and just drop anything definitely Uh, not like I had said and like me and Casey you know obviously Hannah's very proficient she's done this a lot she's comfortable taking these trips and and doing it so with that in mind if you do decide to dabble in this make sure you do it responsibly and safely because you like like you'd said Hannah you want to have a wonderful experience if you if your intention is to go in and possibly communicate or not communicate, whatever it is, you should certainly get in touch with people that have done it, that are successful in what how to do it, and then therefore can help you be successful because um, these are amazing things that can happen to your, in your mind that can happen. I've, I've heard amazing testimonials of people that have life-changing, profound experiences that say, it just opened my mind up to the possibilities. I didn't even think we're, we're there. And then as simple as communicating with possible beings from another world. So um, it's all over the place. But I think it's something to keep in mind is that if the government was dabbling in these things to possibly open up pathways and portals to another world or for communication or control, I think there's something to be said for that.
1: Have you ever heard of Alexander Crowley? Oh, yes. Yeah. He was experimenting with opening portals and talking to the aliens known as the Greys, yep. I believe. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I think Very interesting.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he started a whole movement uh, that this guy, Jack Parsons, who was the founder of uh, rocket science, basically, was a complete believer in. Uh, but he took it a, a whole other step and... And See, you
1: also have to be careful with psychedelics while you're tripping because there are definitely like malevolent beings that um, don't have good things for people. They they like to trick people. There there's these um, entities known as the jesters, and they like to mess with people while they're tripping. That's been my experience, and it's kind of a shared experience too because from what I've heard, other people see the same things, same with all of the entities in DMT. That's why it's kind of, you can kind of like recreate the experience almost, which kind of gives like some credence to that. It could be like a real, a real thing and not just like in your head, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But no, but like entities, that's what shamans are for because the, the shaman will blow a tobacco smoke over a person's head when they're being attacked by entities, oh. and um, they're called uh, tobacco rows, I believe, and their job is literally just to smoke tobacco oh and God. to blow smoke over people's heads, and they just kind of do it in like a whoosh, whoosh motion, and it just it just clears like their crown chakra and yeah. their the the energy from these negative entities, and sometimes those negative entities can kind of like try to drag you down during a trip. So it's very important to protect yourself if you do take this. I know this sounds like pseudoscience. If you go into the into the trip with an intention of being protected, I think that would be good, too. Yeah. I think that would probably be good enough protection. You don't necessarily need a shaman. You can be your own shaman, but you just have to know what you're doing. Because, like, me personally, I've taken ayahuasca, and I've studied the cultural traditions of taking it, and... Um, just tried to be my own shaman so i actually got the tobacco it's called nicotina rustica and you it's 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 basically the sacred form of regular tobacco it's it's pretty interesting and then you just you know you you make the, the cocktail yourself and you just uh you just you're you're your own shaman and you just go in real deep some people need to do that i think that for some people it's it's a good mind-opening experience. I I don't recommend it for everybody. You have to have kind of like a a pre predetermined um, like it's your destiny to take these kind of because like some people are just very inclined to take entheogens. If you haven't noticed, I feel like some people it, they the entheogens almost like find the person. <laughs> you know what I mean? And for other people. You like i think the right way to do it is probably just through meditation and just doing it the way that a monk would do it but that takes that takes so long yeah it's such a process to like get to altered states if just you know normally just in a in a sober mind state it can be done and i think that's the ultimate goal is to be able to do that without psychedelics yeah but for some people like, I would, not have, I would not have awakened at all. I would not be on a spiritual journey if it weren't for psychedelics. I remember the first time I took psychedelics was with one of my old best friend. And um, she was really big into LSD. And so I got really big into LSD. And, um, yeah, that is just a mind-expanding substance. And you don't even know it. Like, I always expected... That there was actually, like, a spiritual world, you know, like, that that it really did exist, but I didn't know for sure. So when you take these substances, it's like my confirmation was there. And I th- i feel like I almost take that for granted now, to be honest with you, because it's like, I'm, like, used to the spiritual world. It's not, like, as exciting as it used to be sure. when I first took it, which is kind of sad. Sure, I really should not take that for granted, but... Yeah, it's interesting, for sure.
0: Well, spiritual world or alien world, whatever it turns out to be, take your time and uh do it the right way, but it's it certainly seems to be a valid connection to something that is not us. Like I said, I th- I think it's a a valid plausible theory to think that we could be in touch with alien races or beings from another world. Hannah Thank you for being on my show very much. You're very welcome. Wonderful having you over. Casey, you as well. Thank you. Thank you, man. Remember, keep an eye out for the uh, crazy aliens. Watch out for the government. They're sheisty bastards. Don't trust them. It's been a pleasure. Don't do it. Thanks.